Maybe we are not all as different as so many make us out to be. After all, languages, cultures, and governments can't teach what is instinctively interwoven into the DNA of the human fabric. It transcends all differences and shreds social barriers. Every baby, no matter where on the planet it makes its majestic entrance, will quickly grip the finger of his or her parent. Could this be our very first decision followed by an action? Yes, it likely is. It's what we all did on the day that we were born, and it's what we'll all continue to do every moment of every day. Here's why. We grip what we think matters most. We instinctively grip, and it starts at the very beginning, from the very moment we breathe our first breath. You have a grip, and it is firmly wrapped around something right now. It's sitting in the palm of your hand. What is it? Have you thought about that lately? If not, it's time. It's time to grip what matters most. Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I am sitting here with my co-host and my husband, Travis. Hey, guys. So good to be with you today. Well, you guys, the words, that intro that you just heard was an excerpt from Travis's new book, Gripping What Matters Most, A Life and Relationships That Hold On to You. Travis, your new book, I'm holding it right here in my hands. It comes out next Tuesday, February 15th, and I'm so excited for you. It's fun to have it in my hand. Look at the cover. How does it feel? Oh man, it's a dream come true. Actually a dream that I've had since I think I was about 11 or 12 years old. And like you just mentioned, Don, excitement. Excitement is bubbling up, but also gratitude that I was able to do it, that you supported it, that it came to be, but also a sense of obedience to God. What he called me to do so long ago, I wanted to write a book and I want to continue to write more books. I know this has been a dream for you and I know you've been working on it and I'm just so proud of you. So today we are going to be talking about your new book and how it relates to everyone and especially Mary. So let's just go ahead and we're going to jump right in. Travis, the title of this book is Gripping What Matters Most, A Life and Relationships That Hold On To You. Now, why did you write this book or what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, first and foremost, it was God, you know, my faith in God and just wanting to honor him, but also my family. I mean, I think of this book and what I think of gripping and holding on too tightly is my family. The older I get, the more I realize that family is number one after God, but certainly my faith, not just my faith in God, but the idea of believing in God. Of course, it's him. Of course, it's believing in Jesus, but faith is so important to me. I, I was also inspired because we've watched so many people allow their beautiful lives that they had, that God gave them, they allowed them to slip out of their fingers or they willingly traded a beautiful life uh, for something that was tempting them. And then their lives turned into this terrible, you know, heartache that was filled with pain and a mess. And Don, you and I have seen that replicated we over have, yeah. and over and over again in other people's lives. And so if I can help one person with this book, change their minds and go the right direction, then I think my mission has been accomplished. And I also wanted to write it to help people see how amazing they really are and how loving uh, the thoughts that God has towards them. So Travis, as I'm holding your book on the cover is your hand. And there is this little 
itty bitty hand <laughs> holding your finger. And that just happens to be our granddaughter, Lenora, who was a preemie. She was three pounds, 10 ounces when she was born. And we snapped this picture and she just gripped yeah. on to your Isn't hand. Isn't that incredible? I, I love the picture and I love the title of this book. So just share with us a little bit more about the general concept of this book. Yeah. Well, Don, what you just described, the cover of the the book, uh, here we've got a a three-pound baby gripping my finger, and she literally is holding on. And that's the concept. It's, you know, our realization that we're all gripping something. It's the idea that every person, no matter what race, no matter where geographically they were born in the world, regardless of education, social status, finances, they all grip the finger of the one they love. We were all born to grip something and that is the concept. So everybody has something in their hand right now. It might be your phone. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're gripping your phone, but more than likely there's something that you have held on to. I know that's great. You've helped us understand just the general concept of your book, but can you just drill down a little bit more and tell us what this book is really about? Yeah, it's interesting because when I first felt like I got the idea for this book or I felt like God gave me the idea for this book, that word gripping, I looked it up in the dictionary. I wanted to understand what does it mean to grip something? And of course, the first definition is it means to grab a hold of something tightly. And I really like that concept of holding it tight, not loosely, but it also means to grab a hold of the attention of others. For example, that movie that you and I just watched on the other night, it was so gripping, like it held my attention. I couldn't take my eyes off the TV the whole time. And so really the concept of this book is being able to grab a hold of things tightly, but also to have a life that others can be influenced by. So I want those who read this book to know that they are in control of their own destiny with God's help that they can grip and hang on to a life that is filled with so many good things. And I also want them to know that they too can be gripping to other people who are watching them, where other people won't take their eyes off of them, that they have a massive influence on those around them. So many people underestimate the power of their influence. And I want to encourage people with this book to not do that, that when they grip what matters most, they are also becoming more gripping to watch and to be modeled after by others. It's cool, Travis, actually reading your book and hearing the reasoning behind the general concept of your book. And that's exactly what God put on your heart and exactly what you wrote. So what about the subtitle, A Life and Relationships That Hold On To You? Why this subtitle for the book? Yeah, it was important to me because it's one thing to hold on tightly to what you value most, but it's even quite another thing to have a life and relationships that are so good that they start to have a grip on you, gripping you in the best way possible. And that's what I want. That's what I want for everybody that reads this book, for everybody that I know really in the world, is I want them to love their life so much, but their life to love them so much, they can't even like ever get away from it because it's so good. It holds on to them. And I think that applies to marriage in such a big way to have that ability to grip the one that you love, you know, those relationships that you don't ever want to leave your marriage, that you want to stay there for the rest of your life. Travis, I can remember when we first started dating and you held my hand for the first time. I just remember that grip that we had with each other and we held each other's hand and it was amazing, but we gripped each other and we haven't let go of that grip. So you're an author and oftentimes 
authors might write something that surprises them or something that looks very different on paper once it's actually written down. I know sometimes we think in our mind and sometimes to try to actually get it on a paper can look different. Did that happen to you? And if so, what portion of this book surprised you the most when you were writing it? Yeah, I think it did, actually. Um, It's the chapter where I kind of unpack, I believe it's six different people types. And in fact, I read a portion of that chapter and I remember them saying that it caused a big emotional stir inside of them. It's like their emotions started to bubble up. And I immediately took that as a positive thing because it likely made this person and think about things within themselves that might need to change, that does need to change if they're going to be the best version of themselves to grip what matters most. Don, honestly, the books that have had such an impact on my life are books that told me the truth about mm-hmm, myself. Yeah. And the six traits that are in the book, in that chapter, that kind of surprised me, honestly, there's a little bit of every one of those that I've seen in myself yes, at yep. times. And that's really what I try to point out is that at times we all have some of those things inside of us and they're just kind of clearly defined. It sure sounds like that chapter, Travis, you are actually just challenging us to evaluate ourselves internally, which is always a good thing to do. We need to know if those things are inside of us. I know, Travis, we both love to read and Barnes and Nobles has hundreds and thousands of books available. But what is different about this book. Why is this book different? Why would people want to read this book? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I just started a new book this morning by Mark Batterson and I knocked out three chapters and I loved his book so far. If you haven't read Mark Batterson, you need to. Phenomenal writer, one of my favorites. But here's the funny thing about me, Don. I have always written in books. It started with my Bible when I was younger. My first Bible, I wrote all over in it. And maybe that's the writer in me. I don't know, but I've always felt that books should be interactive, an exchange between the author and the reader. And that is why I wrote and built this book to be slightly different. See, there are our individual reflection and group discussion questions in this book. So if you got a group, you can study it and talk about it as a group together, or you can just read through the you know individual reflection questions and allow it to really shape you and have that exchange back and forth. But there's more than that. There's There's also a chance for someone to really reflect and to write in the book what their life stands for, what they value, what they are gripping, and to define those goals and those things that they're going after. It's in there. It's allowed. You can do it. Well, we talked about, you know, why a person should read your book, but... How about you as an author? What makes you different from other authors that are out there? Well, for sure, I'm just a regular guy. And fortunately, all writers are different. And that's a credit to God. I mean, that's the way that God created us. But um, I am constantly looking at the world with a unique lens, as other writers do. Uh, But part of that came from, you know, growing up with not having very much. I wasn't, you know, given all these crazy things. I got a job as, you know, as young as I could because I wanted to earn my way in life. But life has been hard for me on many levels. And I don't say that as a bad thing. That's a good thing. I'm glad that I have always been challenged, but I've also challenged myself. Part of what makes me different is that gratitude and humility are my bullseyes. Don, you know I'm proud. Don, you know I mess up and I screw up all the time. But at the end of the day, my heart wants to be grateful. My heart wants to be humble. And I talk about that in the book. They're my favorite 
favorite spiritual twins, gratitude and humility. Travis, I know that you're an author. And the reason I know that is we started dating when I was 16. And I remember you writing me my first love letter. <laughs> I have it. I have one memory box. I'm not a collector. I have one memory box, but I have all of your letters. And there's so many times you would write so much. And I just was not used to that. I'd never had anyone write so much to me. And you were amazing with words. I could see on that paper, you express yourself incredibly through words. And even over our lifetime to, together, as you speak or have you preached sermons, like you are an author. And I appreciate that about you. You're very talented. So, man, I'm just super excited about your book. Obviously, I'm your wife, but it was that first love letter, that first one that you wrote to me that convinced me that you are definitely an author. I know we already talked about this a little bit, but Travis, I just want you to expand on this even further. What does your book have to do with marriage? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that so many lose their way because they have forgotten to hang on to what's most important in life. And that happens all the time with marriages. It's funny though, kind of ironic, we almost all grip a wedding ring every day, yet we forget to put our spouse first, or we forget to hold them in our arms, or hold their hand, or to work on ourselves so that we can be a better spouse for them. And that's a huge part of this book, making yourself better for them, and also valuing relationships more, life more, God more, and all those things that hold it, that glue it together. One of the things that we do often on this podcast is quote other authors. Do you have a favorite quote or a line from your book that you'd like to quote? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of fun ones in there, but the one that kind of rings for me is this. We all have these moments. We experience the pain and joy of life every day, but these slices of time are different. They experience us. And it's really just a a quote talking about how there are many moments in our lives, but then every now and then there's a moment where time slows down or stands still, and we're like, wait a second, this is a God moment. And that's when time or that moment experiences us. I love that. So the quote is this, there are moments that experience us. That's awesome. I appreciate that quote. If someone didn't read your book, but they could gain an important takeaway from this episode, what do you think it would be, Travis? What would be the takeaway? Yeah, for me, it's so many people in life are stuck right now. You might be listening and you're thinking, my marriage is stuck. My job is stuck. You know what? My extended family or friendships or whatever that is. Maybe it's your finances. And those that are stuck might not even realize that they are, but they know they continually fall short of reaching their dreams or even pulling themselves you know, out of the quicksand of addiction, unforgiveness, or self-loathing. Like they keep ending up back into it. So there's a chapter that's titled, What's Gripping You? And it's kind of a segue to the next chapter, which is titled, Gripping Your Future Self. And the What's Gripping You chapter really is all about how to get unstuck. And there are two things that, that really pop into my mind that I wrote on, and that was to get honest, brutal honesty with yourself and those around you. If you want to get unstuck, it starts with brutal honesty. And that's painful. That's just is, telling yeah. yourself the truth, telling those around you the truth. But then it's the second thing of getting unstuck is get help. So many of us are isolated 
isolated. We do our own thing from our own home, from our own bedroom, and we're not really reaching out for help. We're not really growing relationships. And what does help look like? It's a mentor. It's a support group. It's, you know, every Wednesday morning, I'm in a Bible study with other six other guys. It's a, a therapist, or maybe it's education, but get help. So how do you grip your future self, that next chapter, so that once you are unstuck, you can achieve your dreams and your goals? And I unpack this, and really it's get out of control. In other words, let God mm, be yep, in control. That's good, yep. Get out of control. Um, but then it's begin to dream again. Bring your dreams that have died back to life. So many people are stuck because they've been in that rut that their dreams no longer had anybody giving them uh, fresh blood or, or oxygen or life. And, and so to really grip your future self, you've got to you've got to call that Lazarus dream that died a long time ago. You've got to tell it to come back to life and start dreaming again. And the last thing is set a course that includes 365 friends. And what I talk about in this chapter is every person has 365 friends every day that they wake up. What is it? You have 365 days that you can intentionally do something in the next calendar year where at the end of that year, you are going to have accomplished so many portions of your dreams and your goals if you just do those one simple things every single day in front of you. And those are your friends. They will help you. Those days are so important. The coolest thing about me hearing you talk about the takeaways in your book is I live with you, Travis, and I see that what you wrote down, that's stuffing that you're already doing. It's not that you're just pretending or saying, hey, we should do this. You are actually practicing every single one of those things that you are challenging people to do. And you are the real deal. You like what you write is what you live. And I appreciate that. So one last question. And I know Travis, this could be kind of an awkward question, but since you're the author, um, I wanted to ask you this question. If you had to recommend this book as if someone else wrote it, why would you recommend this book to a friend? Yeah, that's simple. I mean, why read another book that will fill you with thoughts, ideas, information about personal growth, but doesn't actually challenge you in a way where you can truly position yourself for growth? And that's why I would encourage a friend to read Gripping, because this is a book that will force you, if you go all the way through it, it will force you to decide who you are, what you value, and how you're going to believe and live. Essentially, when you get to the end of the book, it's a manual for your life. It no longer is a book that I wrote that's about all different kinds of relationships or people. It's now a book about you. It's your future, your life. Honestly, again, Don, I am so excited and honored, humbled to be able to have this book get published you know, on February 15th, coming up in just a couple days. And so grateful that all of you listen every week here at the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. I mean, we're just, we just love our connection to you guys and are grateful for it. So guys, remember that Gripping What Matters Most will be available on Amazon beginning next week, February 15th. I know, Travis, I'm going to be probably the first one to order that. I'm super excited. I want my own signed copy by you. Well, you're too kind. <laughs> I don't think I deserve that, but I am excited for people to read it and am excited for it to have a positive impact on people's lives. I hope many are encouraged by it. We just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. <laughs>